0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king, Curtis Lewa, in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. I've got to make. Got the
1: Let the drums kick in first, Curtis. Gotta got play homage to Taylor, you know what I'm saying? No. No, he died last night.
2: Yeah, I know, like ten drugs uh, all throughout the I don't room. know about that.
1: And where were the hookers? Because, you know, <laughs> prostitution is legal in Colombia. Taylor Hawkins, man, he was great. He rocked. He's going to be missed.
2: Wait a second. You think Foo Fighters better than Nirvana, Kurt Cobain? You think so?
1: Well... You do know that Dave Grohl was Kurt Cobain's drummer, yes? right? Yes. No, I don't think he's better than... I don't think Foo Fighters are better than Nirvana. By but. the way, you don't really think
2: that Kurt Cobain took that shotgun to his chin and blew himself I away. I will
1: never forgive it was. Courtney Love yeah. for that shot. <laughs> <laughs> now, she was pretty messed up on whatever, too. So, I don't know if she would have done any time, but... But yeah. just
2: uh, just to mention, uh, with the lead into the music here, Curtis Lew on the right uh, and Chris Hahn on the left, uh, you were actually simulating drums here. I thought I was going to play air guitar and we were going to play hacky uh, sack.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you're a big <laughs> Foo Fighters guy. Huge. Seen him a bunch of times in concert. Love him. Love the band. Love. You know, look, love Dave Grohl. Taylor Hawkins, though, was a huge star in that band. He would go everywhere at Dave Grohl, would do all his interviews with him. Just saw them together on Howard Stern, like. I don't know, like three weeks ago, promoting a movie they had coming out. And so.
2: they they were on tour. They were in Bogota, Colombia. Yeah. Uh, they found 10 drugs in his room. And I got to believe that he was having a party. And down in Colombia where prostitution is legal, completely legal. In right. Streets, houses, hotels, lobbies, not at all unusual. I got to believe he invited some of the femme fatales over uh, got too stoned, too high on all those drugs. Although it's interesting, out of the 10 drugs they had listed that they found in his hotel room, right. spread everywhere. No cocaine. Hmm. In Colombia.
1: You would think when you're in Colombia, you want to go you're, go. you're at the source. <laughs> Just go get it done, right? It would probably be cheaper there, too, I would imagine. I don't know. <laughs> so. But anyway, uh, there's so much
2: to talk about today. But number one, second and none, is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who spent four days... Over uh, in Poland, in the surrounding area, with our allies, as the war effort by Vladimir Putin continues against the Ukraine. Right. And back-to-back, belly-to-belly, the president, in presentations, uh, uh, either misspoke or purposely said something. I'll start first with uh, uh, him having pizza and sitting down and talking with members of the 82nd Airborne. He then gathered a few of them around, some guys and gals. And he discussed with them, I and mean, you're going to soon see what's actually going on in the Ukraine. And everybody said, now, wait a second. <laughs> Is this a hint that American
1: troops will be sent to the uh, Ukraine? I mean, it's not a direct saying you're going to Ukraine. Like, you're going to see. Maybe they're going to get some better footage.
2: All right. But the White House <laughs> walked that back like they've walked yep. back many things that President Joe Biden has said. All right. But that was minor compared right. to what happened after he met with the uh, Polish president, In the palace in Warsaw, he comes out. They're all of our NATO allies. Uh, A lot of the Poles are out there to show support because they're like our number one ally in Europe now. Yeah, sure. And he gives a speech, and uh, he's clearly reading the teleprompter. But he reaches a certain point where he says Putin cannot remain in power. Yeah. And I'm saying to
1: myself, Chris Kahn, this is like uh, regime change. Yeah, the White House quickly walked that back, too, and said we're not in favor of regime, regime change. And, you know, that – look, I think the president needs to stick to a script when he's talking about was this Was that war. on uh,
2: – do we find out if that was Th- on that the teleprompter? That was not on the
1: teleprompter. That was an ad lib of all ad libs uh, that we're going to be talking about, you know, until the next thing happens over there in Ukraine, Well, I mean, frankly. we
2: know Vladimir Putin and his, uh, his staff are watching.
1: Yeah, I would be nervous if I was them, but I don't think the president of the United States should be advocating for regime change anywhere, and let alone in Russia, a nuclear power.
2: <laughs> Especially <laughs> since they've been talking about potential use of weapons of mass destruction, biological yeah. weapons, nuclear weapons. You want to come out and say, Putin cannot remain well, in power. I'll
1: tell you, he better not be pushing any buttons for biological, chemical, or nuclear weapons, because I don't, I don't see us holding back Anymore if he does that,
2: and not only that, but you saw how he uh, fired those uh, cruise missiles right into leave. Yeah, took out that fuel depot just a few miles away from the Polish border. Right, I think that was really a signal uh, to our president and to the NATO allies. It
1: is amazing though that the guy's using a three million dollar missile to take out a hundred and fifty thousand dollar gas tank.
2: Well, now, uh, we sort of led the way when, let me
1: l- let me let me make a big fire so everybody sees I'm here. look at me, love me, daddy, love me daddy. something like that when going on. Bill Clinton
2: right? had his problems, yeah, I did not have sex, although you do a good one.
1: I did not have sexual relations with uh that woman? I'm yeah, pointing right. to a different woman than Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing to, like, uh, Jane Pauly in the front row.
2: <laughs> but if you remember, as his administration ah, was— ah, I
1: don't know if I did it quite right. I was a little, a little low for <laughs> Bill Clinton. I, it's been a rough weekend.
2: <laughs> but as they were mired
1: in Lewinsky land—
2: Every time they've seen the walls closing in. You know, I have a lot of respect in. for you,
1: Curtis. You always go for a younger woman. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you, Curtis. Mean, I don't like your politics, but no, I, enjoy, I, know. I enjoy the way you dress in a uniform. Now, <laughs> you know, it
2: was my birthday yesterday. I was 68. Oh, wow. And you still haven't figured out how old
1: my wife Nancy is. I, I think she's... I'm at
2: least double,
1: yeah. right? I got to think you're at least double. I don't think she's 38. What would double would be 34. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think she's 34. She might be 34. She could be 34. What would you estimate? Like looking
2: at rings of a tree, you know how you determine? When I
1: first met her that day in the city when I was going in to do WABC, at the old uh, building at Madison Square Garden, and it was the height of COVID. And I was like wearing oh, three masks. You look like Lawrence of <laughs> Arabia. I looked like I was going into like uh, what was that movie where uh, where the nuclear reactor blows up? And Chernobyl. Like, you were yeah, going Chernobyl. I was Chernobyl. going to Chernobyl for <laughs> lack of a better place, and you were like, well, it looked like you were going to the beach. Right. I had nothing. <laughs> on. Had nothing on. And I see you with this girl, and I thought she was your. I thought she was your assistant or something, or you know, your producer from the radio show. He's like, Oh no, no, this is my wife. I'm like, Your wife? Like
2: so if you if you had to give an I estimate. thought at
1: that time when I saw her that day I thought she was like twenty five all right no, no joke all right yeah, but, I, don't, but, I know she's older than that but yeah but somewhere in that range. yeah she's in the twenties <laughs> you know Curtis I got a lot of respect for that you think Nancy might want to come over and uh, she could watch me do a live read of my book give her a give him a
2: rub and a tug there in Chappaqua the you think whitest that suburb Nancy in America Nancy could come over
1: and not have sexual relations with me <laughs> just saying
2: but. Uh, Taking the time machine back, every time right. Bill Clinton had a problem with that Alin- Lewinsky matter, he would fire off cruise missiles. Remember? Yeah, it was
1: wagging the dog. Fire off called. cruise
2: missiles to the Sudan. <laughs> had to take out that aspirin factory. Yep. And then fired off cruise missiles in the middle of Afghanistan while goats were grazing.
1: <laughs> hitting those shit.
2: Hey, I, I don't like the look of that uh, that palm tree. <laughs> So I think that was a case, missile silo. In this case, <laughs> Putin is actually firing yeah. uh, his crew's missiles at a military target. You can actually say this is it, a military it clearly target. It's a, military a fuel fuel target. Yeah,
1: it's a fuel depot right before the president's speech is 100 miles away from where he's given it to, by the way. And I had just spoken the night before uh, with an American
2: who was from uh, Fairfield, Connecticut who uh, actually decided to stay there. He could have left, but he has a, a Ukrainian right. did
1: you tell Nancy I have a whole bunch of cats here that need rescuing? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well,
2: remember, socks. <laughs> socks escape. Well, I lost
1: socks. I need Nancy <laughs> to come up here and help me rescue some cats. And there
2: was Buddy. Remember <laughs> Buddy the black Buddy got lab? hit by a dog. <laughs> yeah. I <before>, uh, <laughs> hit by a car. <laughs> uh, In Chappaqua. Another <laughs> friend of Bill Clinton who mysteriously but, yeah, disappeared. Buddy
1: was getting a, Buddy died right around the time when all that stuff was coming out about Bill and uh, Jeffrey Epstein and the plane and, you know, I guess he just didn't want to stay in the house with Bill and Hillary going
2: out. Well, remember, his battle was when uh, Clinton and NATO joined forces right. without UN uh, and OK. Right, right, right. Against uh, the butcher of the Balkans, Slobodan Milosevic, Serbia. Yep. Uh, as he was coming to the defense of the Albanians in Kosovo, which is still an ongoing problem, but nowhere as bad as no. it had been at that point. But it is interesting how... He put together that coalition, you know, they had their meetings, uh, they made their determinations, and they were using uh, our advanced um, weaponry yeah. to try to take out cardboard uh, tanks uh, uh, of uh, Slobodan Milosevic. Yeah,
1: but I mean, look, I, I find it funny that Russia, this great army, right, we, we've had this fear of this great army marching through Europe, they ain't marching through Europe, they, they ain't even marching through Ukraine. Right. If they, if they ever stepped foot in a NATO country, there'd be no more Russian army. And remember. Right. But the, the only thing he's got is these smart bombs and these nuclear missiles. And the fact that he feels the need to use them, waste them, basically millions of dollars, which he doesn't is not replenishing as quickly as he was because his economy's in shambles. Uh, it's amazing. To but me.
2: remember, uh, he was on the side of Slobodan Milosevic, Serbia, because Christian Orthodox. Right. You know, all together forever. Uh, he never threatened, though, to intervene, because that was Europe, right. it's East Europe, the Balkans. He never said, hey, you know, you, you, this this is the red well, line. He wasn't
1: really there. Like, Putin wasn't president.
2: Though. Well, he, he, he basically was. Boris was, Yeltsin. Yeah, but he was running the country by then, if you well, remember. He was like the vice yeah, president. Yeah, but he wasn't quite yet in charge,
1: right? He couldn't just jump in and.
2: But notice, he didn't get involved in Iraq. He didn't get involved in a lot of these areas. I gave Boris drew...
1: Yeltsin a call. Told him I was launching those missiles. He was fine. Said <laughs> <Is it> okay. <laughs>
2: I'll see you on Epstein Island. Sort of like uh, <laughs> when President Donald Trump was down in Mar-a-Lago with the President of uh, Red China. They were yeah. having, remember, a nice were, piece of chocolate cake. Right. <laughs> and said, excuse me, one second. I gotta launch some missiles.
1: Yeah. <laughs> launch some missile into at the, uh,
2: at the airport hangars where some of the uh, Syrian uh, MiGs are. Right,
1: I'm gonna use the Moab, the mother of all bombs. <laughs> right,
2: so here we are. We have uh, our president of the United States yep. uh, shaking up everybody, shaking, rattling, and rolling because seeming to give the indication. Uh, that he does not want Putin to remain in power. Right, right. Zelensky, uh, a speech a day to some group uh, of allies and supporters. Yep. This time he's saying NATO needs to give me 1% of all their armaments. Just give me 1% of your tanks, your air defense systems. Forget the airplanes. We realize that's right. off the table. Just give me 1% of what you got, and we can win this war. Not not just hold the line. We win. can win this war. Yeah. Which... Uh, Do we really want him to win the war? Yeah, I want him to win
1: the war. Well, then we really got to load him up. I think we should. I think we should load him up. I I don't know why we're not. Give the guy the defensive weapons he needs to push these guys out of his country. Well, I think we have to do
2: that because uh, Sean Penn is threatening to melt down his uh, Oscars. Hold on.
1: He's not threatening to do that if we don't give him the the, the weapons. He's threatening to do that if the Oscars don't let the guy speak tonight.
2: Yeah, but you would have thought because he's been there to his credit. He's been in the Ukraine. And he's in Poland now, helping the humanitarian effort. He puts his
1: money where his mouth is.
2: Right. Well, other times he sided, remember, with Chavez in Venezuela, with Castro's, uh, with Saddam Hussein.
1: Remember, he was there in Baghdad. Well, he was right about there not being weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. You're correct. He 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 was right about about that.
2: And (laughs) naturally, his post-infamous trip was uh, into the jungles of Mexico with the girlfriend of El Chapo. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? In order to get that one-on-one into it. But anyway, he has said... She wanted
1: to be an actress. She was looking for a job. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like, hey, maybe you put me in your next movie. <laughs>
2: Boy, that is really playing. Russian roulette. The guy relax. is a pretty
1: good actor, let's, let's say.
2: You know, yes, he, yes. he goes
1: from Spicoli to playing that cop whose daughter
2: gets killed. I mean, he's pretty good. The worst movie I ever saw him in, he was with Nicole Kidman and him in the United Nations. They were the interpreters. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie. I, I like thought that it movie? was one of the worst. Smi- was that she was swimming like,
1: laps in the pool at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, and that was like
2: Warren Beatty in Shampoo, not Reds in Shampoo. Mm. Uh, horrible. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, he's right, though. The Oscars have such had such miserable TV ratings of late. Seems like uh, America and the world are no longer watching the Oscars. Right. They're having three hostesses tonight instead of, like, the one traditional. Well, they sometimes do two, but... Right, but Sean Penn actually said, "Have the guy up on the big
1: screen. Why not? Let him do a Zoom presentation." The the only thing I could think of, the only reason I could think of for them not letting him speak is because they don't want to offend China, which I don't even think is really going to offend China, frankly. But maybe they've already tested the waters with Red China. Maybe they think that there's a bigger audience in China because I know I'm not planning on watching the Oscars tonight. Nor the only reason I've ever the last time I watched the Oscars was when Chris Rock hosted. By the way, I like Chris Rock.
2: Little uh, trivia here. Uh, we have a shortage of wheat now as a result of the fact that the breadbasket in East Europe, Russia, Belarus, and especially the Ukraine. We don't have a shortage
1: of wheat. Europe does. Europe does. America doesn't. You're still going to be able to to fill up on carbs in the United States to your heart's content. But you realize the number one consumer of all wheat products
2: is no longer us or Europe. It's the Red Chinese. Mm. And they also are the number one growers of wheat, which I was amazed to find out. They got a billion... I know, but I think it's rice, rice patties. No, no, no. they're the number one producers of wheat. They
1: have rice and they have wheat. I mean, wheat is easier to produce than rice. Because they understand. You got to read the book, The Outliers. It talks about how you make rice, how you grow rice, and the meticulous nature and the work that is required to grow rice. It's amazing. Well,
2: anyway, (laughs) when we come back, we got to talk about the Oscars in just a few hours. I have little, if any, interest. Me, too.
1: Uh, None. I wonder if the, the rest... only movie I saw was King Richard with uh, about the, the William sisters. It was actually really good. Well, we'll break it down because you have watched the comic book
2: movies. I have of Marvel and DC. I've gone to those in and the theater. As you know, a lot of the directors, the traditional directors, are disparaging the Marvel DC yeah. movies.
1: Uh, we'll wrong. get into
2: that. So much more. And St. Peter's, uh, possibly the Cinderella team. There we go. Getting into the uh, Jersey the, zone. The, the last dance. Let's uh, the Big do four. it, my
1: man. Let's do it, my man. Taylor Hawkins forever. Chris Hawkins hurts Lewa.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn.
1: Oh. A little 80s music. This is you. <laughs> Tears for fears. Oh, please. This is so low budget. <laughs> this is like Muzak. It is Muzak. Who picked this? The hell is this? Like, which one of those hipster millennials on the other side of the glass picked really this 1980s is. song? I don't you get
2: know into an elevator now, you yeah. hear this. Yeah, it's... The uh, musical version
1: of it. It's not good. Not good. Curtis Lee with Chris Hahn. We're with you till uh, uh top two hours. Top of the next hour, we're going to do the About Face of the Week. That's going to be a good one this week. We're going to have a lot to fight about on that one. But, oh, uh, wait, wait, Bill Clinton. Hey, hey, Curtis. Hey, Curtis. Curtis, I got a cat here. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. You think you can send Nancy up? <laughs> just saying, maybe she can tell me.
2: Yeah, man, this is a work in progress.
1: I got to work on it. I'm like doing. I think I'm doing Conan O'Brien's a
2: work <laughs> in progress. Well, uh, let's go to the Academy Awards. Yes. No, Bill Clinton uh, on the uh, red carpet. What are you
1: saying? I can't go to the Academy Awards.
2: Uh, he'd love to. Oh, man. no doubt about that. Damn it, Nancy. But <laughs> America just has seen seems to have fallen out of love. With the Academy Awards, the ratings are at an all-time low. Well, uh, this political correctness, this wokeism—it's like even think you know uh, the show. I,
1: I don't even think it's that. I mean, I know that that's a nice meme for the right to say, "Oh, it's the political correctness." That they've always been that at the Oscars, even when the ratings were through the roof. I think people have more choices now, and they just don't want to—they don't want to be bothered. Wait, four-hour on the self-congratulatory 50th
2: anniversary this year of The Godfather, which made its national debut this past Thursday, right. 50 years ago. Remember, Marlon Brando did not accept his award. He sent
1: somebody. He yeah.
2: sent the Indian princess.
1: Yeah. Native American. Curtis.
2: Gay. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> indigenous person, right? Yeah. Uh, First Nation uh, person, That's right? in
1: Canada. Here we call yeah. them Native okay. Americans. It's yeah. very confusing. Yeah. But remember, I know you've got chapters all over the world, and it's, it's very confusing. Here it's Native <laughs> Americans. You're in America right now. Just saying. But remember, she gave a speech. Now yeah. that was it, and
2: then there was the kind the guy streaked yeah. remember, on stage. Yeah. So we've had a lot of those. There's moments. There's been
1: a lot of politics at the Oscars over the last hundred years they've been doing them, the Oscars. So let's let's be clear about that. But of that. late, it's really nothing. No, no, nothing. Of late, people aren't watching. It's like, like, what am I gonna do? Am I not gonna watch something on Apple TV? Am I not gonna watch Severance tonight so I could watch, you know, the Oscars? Who cares? I mean, like I said, if Chris Rock or well, David well, Letterman is, was hosting, I'd do that.
2: Uh, Spielberg is up for an Oscar for the remake of West Side Story, and I
1: might watch that tonight instead of watching the Oscars. And it was fascinating because uh, we
2: have a patrol in Patterson, New Jersey, and a lot of the scenes were filmed in Patterson because obviously you could uh, find a lot of area there that you could use and cheap. Did and you pay get, the city cheap? Did you get
1: any like work there? I mean, have, no. Any, any of your guys getting oh, just observe. extra work or no just observe. Okay,
2: but the original West Side Story. Which is iconic. The uh, person who created the theme music, all that great music, right. was Leonard Bernstein. Right, that just died. The conductor of the Philharmonic at uh, Lincoln Center. Yep. Who, by the way, you talk about being extraordinarily left wing, liberal, progressive. He would host parties for the Black Panther parties. And raise money for them in the, an Upper West Side condo that he had. It was a Black
1: Panther Party party.
2: Yes, you know the raise Come party money for with them. the
1: Black Panther Party. Yeah, you know, all party. white
2: liberal progressives raising. And he was a gay guy also, open about. It. Yeah. At so a he, time
1: when you couldn't be open. Right. About it. Yeah. So
2: he, and he had a program on Saturdays on CBS, a national His program, orchestra program, which he yeah. was teaching uh, young people about music. Yeah. So I don't understand. Why would they nominate Spielberg for the
1: remake of West Side Story when there are so many first-time movies? Well, I hear it's great. I haven't seen it yet. It's on one of the streaming services. I'm thinking about watching it tonight, frankly.
2: I got to see, though. Now, I love the original, let's face it. And I don't watch movies because my wife has cut the cord. You know, right. typical millennial. Yeah, but you himself. have all
1: the movies at your fingertips. Yeah,
2: well, she, she binge watches sometimes right. on Hulu or Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really into I it. I do that. I got to see Belfast. Now it's up for an Academy Award. I heard it's very good. Well, because it's the one place I had an opportunity to go, Northern Ireland, mm. and things messed up, and I couldn't go to Belfast and Derry. Uh, well, but this is about a... Aren't uh, we
1: working with Peter King here now? Maybe he hook you up.
2: Yeah, but he's the Catholic side. <laughs> this is about a Protestant family that uh. ended up having to leave because of all the insurrection, and yet peace, peace came
1: about we in Northern Ireland. We have a lot more to talk about.
0: It's the left Versus the right. Debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: That's more like it. Chris on Curtis Lee, we're
2: back with oh. you. Here it is. This was the first heavy metal band. Mountain. Yeah. They appeared uh, at... Um, Woodstock 1969. Leslie West,
1: baby, on guitar. Right, and yeah. he was a kid from
2: Forest Hills. Uh, Felix Papillardi, Cor- Corky Lang on yep. drums. Yep. What a great, great band. They
1: were, uh, you and I will not disagree about that. They were a great band.
2: And, you know, I learned something yesterday. I was reminded that another group
1: that was at Woodstock 1969 was Sha Oh, yeah. You know, the problem with Mountain was their agent. Wouldn't allow them to be in the Woodstock movie. Completely screwed up their career. Oh my god! Could you imagine? Could and, you and imagine
2: mean, the, the, the theme song to that uh, documentary? So good. Uh, which was uh, Woodstock was actually written by Joni
1: Mitchell, mm, and she wasn't even there. She couldn't get. She there. wrote that song thinking about what it would be like to be at Woodstock. Her agent wanted her to go on, like, some ridiculous, the Kurt Douglas show or something like the Michael Douglas show. Yes, yes. Right? And, and it was, <laughs>
2: come now, on. It was lucky because she was uh, having um, the urge to merge with Neil Young at that time, who was also a Canadian yeah. like her, and she basically said, guys, do it. It's
1: yeah. yours. Yeah. But yeah. She, she wrote Neil it. Neil to call her it. the great love of his life.
2: Yeah, but by the way, she also had love affairs with, with all the other ones. David with, Crosby, yeah, I know. Uh, Graham Nash, yeah. who's from uh, Britain, but not, uh, Neil, not
1: Stills, not Stills, not Stephen Stephen Stills, because but he, I think he wrote the song "Love the One You're With." About Joni Mitchell.
2: Ah. (laughs) But remember, they all were uh, united in their battle against Joe Rogan and pulling all of their playlists from Spotify. Meantime, Joe Rogan went from earning $100 million a year from Spotify to $200 million a year.
1: Where's our Spotify money? I'm just saying. I mean, like, you know. Well, you wanna, you wanna, hey, Spotify, you want to balance it out here? I'm a very liberal guy. You might want to have me on.
2: There is an estimate because gambling on sports events is legal now in New yep. York State for the first time with yep. the app. Used to be you'd have to get on your bicycle, go across the George Washington Bridge into Jersey to use their app. Now you can do it from the right comfort here. of your home, your place of business. Wherever you are. Sweet 16, Final Four, I mean, there are you can billions. gamble
1: on the Sweet Sixteen from a Sweet Sixteen.
2: Yes, Yes. exactly.
1: Like it's crazy.
2: So the estimate is here, first time ever. Yep, that New York State can clear anywhere from three to ten billion
1: dollars. Amazing.
2: Which tells you what organized crime was clearing for years from their wire rooms. Yeah. And remember, the benefit of organized crime is they would loan you money, whereas obviously when you play FanDuel and all these app. Uh, Betting, they uh,
1: won't loan you money, but you can put it on your
2: credit card.
1: (laughs) So, you know, look, somebody's always getting a VIG. Right? Somebody's always getting a vig. So
2: earlier today, before I came to the show, I was in Bay Ridge for one of the many St. Patrick's Day parades because obviously right. no more lockdown pandemic. The people. month of
1: March, you got to march every week. And
2: I'm passing by blocks that I know used to have wire rooms because you look on the roof and they would have these satellite dis- <laughs> dishes that would almost cause a collapse of the roof. Right. Because in the basement was a wire room. Could have been Lucchese's, bananas, Genevieve's, Gambino's. Colombo crime family. This is where they they made most of their money, sports gambling. Now they don't have it. So what are they going to do? A little bit of everything. Extortion, racketeering, prostitution. Well, that'll be next. Legal
1: prostitution, Yeah, yeah, like we discussed in Columbia. And they're going to just be run out of town now. Uh, I mean, we already have legalized extortion. It is called credit cards. It's called government, too, (laughs) uh,
2: when they raise your taxes. But this miracle... Cinderella team, St. Peter's. Yes, that nobody even knew existed before in Jersey City. Uh, I knew because it's a Jesuit school. There's a high school there, St. Peter's, and there's a college. But really, nobody.
1: It's a tiny little college, thirty five hundred students. Nobody, right? Yeah.
2: Now all of a sudden, they're they're all St. Peter's fans. They're in the elite eight. They're walking around with uh, throwback jerseys. Uh, Bobby Menendez, who is the U.S. senator who should have gone to jail for corruption. That's his base, Jersey City. He's walking around with a 5X shirt on, you know. Uh, those are my boys. Those are my boys. And the money being bet. Because in just like uh, by the time we get off, yeah, they're on the court. Five oh
1: five, they tip off today. Against
2: uh, North Carolina.
1: That's tough, man. I don't know how they're going to win that. But still, it's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money going back and forth. On now, what, St. Yeah. Peter's. Now, you've been saying you're upset with St. Peter's. I now,
2: I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that All in right. a moment. Because it didn't, it didn't happen. Uh, for a long period of time right. until I saw something that troubled me.
1: But your own daughter. She's there. She drove to Philadelphia. She doesn't go to St. Peter's. No, she went to Stony Brook. <laughs> so, so wait a second. Yeah. Explain this. Your daughter goes She's to getting Stony Brook. She's caught up in the hype, my friend. She's getting caught up in the hype, just so, like you. So why? By is the she... way, her birthday was yesterday as well. You wow. guys share a birthday. March 26th. Yeah.
2: Wait a second. Did she realize that Diana Ross... His birthday is March 26th. That's amazing.
1: Diana Ross.
2: Uh, Coho Lips, Steven Tyler. Whoa. And the guy who tried to sue me because I claimed he was an affiliate of the Colombo crime family, Sonny Corleone, James Kahn oh. of the Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people who uh, are born on the 26th. James Kahn, one of
1: my favorites. One of my favorite actors. I'll bet he is. Yeah.
2: But now let's get back to this. Why, out of all the things your daughter can do, not having gone to Saint Peter's, doesn't have a friend at Saint Peter's or a boyfriend or anything, right? No. What day is she? I doing think it's down the first time
1: in her life she's in like one of those office pools for the tournament. Okay. And she just picked people based on, you know, where they were from and they're Jersey City. She's living not far from Jersey City right okay. now. All right. And she and the colors of their uniforms probably and she's winning. <laughs> the pool, okay. as would happen in all most right, of these pools. All right, but
2: why not watch on So she's caught up TV. in the hype.
1: It's eh, something to do. When you're young and you're in your 20s, you go. You get on the road, you go. All Philadelphia. Right, so she's going to be in the stands. You're going to be watching. I Well, I'm going to be in my car driving back to Long Island. You think
2: you're going <laughs> to see your daughter there amongst the thousands? I, I don't
1: think so. I, I don't think she got a great seat. So but. this
2: is clearly the Cinderella team. Yeah. They should not be, according to uh, all uh, uh, sort of breakdowns, of their performance this year in the Sweet 16 in no. the Final Four. No, no, no they, way.
1: No way. They should have been knocked down the first round.
2: So all of a sudden they get through the first round. They took out Kentucky. Yeah, big time. Uh, I forget who. They took out the uh, second team. And then the other night. Uh, they beat Purdue. Right. Well, that, that was the other night. That was right. the third team they right. beat in order to get uh, now uh, against North Carolina today. And my wife, she's into this because she played basketball in high school. So she's, oh, well, pass, you know. Connect Quad High School. Yeah. That, there you you go. Very she's good. a T-Bird. Out there in uh, Bohemia.
1: Hey there, Nancy. I was out of all those T-Bird games. I don't know if you saw me in the stands. <laughs> Come on out. I got some cats for you.
2: So she's yelling at the screen, pass, pass. Don't chuck it. You know, <laughs> get in the paint. And I'm like, oh, please. She's and, yelling at the TV. Right. And then all of a sudden I go over and I look, and it's in the waning minutes of the game against Purdue. And the Boilermakers, I followed them when there was a guy named Rick Mount. Who used to be able to shoot three pointers before they were three pointers? I didn't even know. One of the best pure shooters ever in the history before of the my birth, I NCAA. Because remember, many great right. basketball players came out of Indiana. Sure. So you have Rick Mount, he goes to the ABA one of the first drafts. So, okay, I know uh, Purdue makers. I see this big guy, he's like seven foot one, he's in the paint, he's just living in the paint. And all they're doing is they're throwing these sky balls into him, and he's just clink. This is on Purdue. Yeah, this is Purdue. Until he got too tired, they had to take him out of the game. <laughs> That's what happens when you're 7'2".
1: Oh you need, to, you need to refuel. But
2: it was just he was doing little dinks <laughs> right, from within right. the paint. And then I'm watching the two guards for St. Peter's. One is an African-American guy, short guy, yep. big fro. Yep. And he wears pink. Pink sneakers. Okay, but he's, he drives to the hoop. He's constant. Then they got a white guy who looks like he's on Saturday Night Live with a mustache. It looks like Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's driving to the hoop. And I said, Wow, these are really good guards, and they really play well off of right. one another. And so they get into the waning seconds of the game against Purdue, and they pull it out. And they start running on the floor, and the fans are running on the floor, and the white guard from uh, Jersey City jumps up on the scorer's table, and he's doing a Kobe Bryant. Remember how Kobe Bryant yeah, yeah, did it that? flexed. He said, and then I look at his fellow teammates behind them, and they're wearing Black Lives Matter T-shirts. Oh, come on. You're going to be mad about that? I'm saying to myself, that was the summer of 2020. What <laughs> the hell is this? Well, this is their first
1: opportunity to be on national television. I hadn't seen that all year long. You're going to hate them for that, absolutely. You don't think that every other team in the NCAA tournament would wear those shirts? No, I no. haven't seen it. Not yet. I haven't seen now it. Now they're all going to be. They
2: were. They were styling on profile. So, so who are you rooting for? Well, Let me give you an idea. So, um, in Bay Ridge, right, and the big Irish bar there, the Kettle Black. By the way, bar.
1: why are you? Why would you hate Black Lives Matter anyway? Like. Because it turned out to be a fraudulent no, organization, they ripped yeah, off. But, but what? But the statement New itself. But the, they're making the statement, not necessarily the organization. They probably bought it from a guy on uh, Canal Excuse Street. The man. shirts. Excuse so, me. like you know, I, I'm sure the guy on Canal Street sur- sur- selling the shirts wasn't giving profits That's to the organization. It's a statement about Black Lives, not necessarily the national organization. Yeah. Well, organization. guess what? Are you against the statement that their, Black Lives matter? Their Black matters?
2: Lives are doing very, very oh, wait, well. Wait,
1: are you are, are you against the statement All or the organization? All lives matter. No, no. In the, in the Ukraine. Do Ukrainian lives matter here? Of course they do. Oh,
2: well, you right. can't say that. Because, wait a second.
1: The whole point of the Black Lives Matter movement was to say that black lives matter. And Let me obviously, tell you clearly, in this country, out, they haven't mattered as much as other lives to be over the years. a
2: fraudulent organization. Okay, but again...
1: It's the statement, Curtis. All right. But
2: that was, that was the summer of 2020. You haven't seen LeBron James or any of the others wearing their Black Lives Matter paraphernalia. Haven't seen it in NBA um, games. I guarantee LeBron, you. LeBron,
1: I know you're listening. Uh, please wear a Black Lives Matter shirt I sometime between when- now and
2: next Sunday. Kyrie please. Irving returns to the court for the Brooklyn Nets tonight be because he his can do Joe it.
1: Rogan. I get my medical advice from Joe right. Rogan t shirt. He's not wearing black lights. He's gonna Canada. have a Joe Rogan. That is that is so, a so Joe Rogan. I'm Rowe. looking
2: at this. So today I'm in the St. Patrick's Day parade and we passed the Kettle Black, packed with Irish guys and Irish women, but a lot of degenerate gamblers because it's a sports bar too. So all of, right. And the guy, Curtis, you see the other night, what happened? I What are you talking about? You know, at the end, man, I'm cheering. I'm going Yeah, yeah, Cinderella team against all odds, they beat Purdue. And then I see these Black Lives Matter shirts on the same guys who were on the court moments before with their normal jersey. They they changed up. And I say, Yeah, he goes, man, I ain't betting on them, man. Later for them. I'm putting all my money on a North Carolina.
1: Well, Carolina, North Carolina's the favorite, so it's like doesn't matter. it's like you get seventy five cents back on it's the dollar. For the principal. The principal. Aye. So that's
2: aye, aye. it. I, I I hope that Saint Peter. So loses.
1: so you're upset about uh, at teenagers. Who are, are making a political statement? Well, it's also something else. What
2: else? Everything always gets back to something else in your life. It uh, was the Jesuits who kicked me out of high school in uh, <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. See Press. that I could
1: understand, and I went to St. John's, where Franciscans. So you know, we can't rule for way, Jesuits. St. John's, boy, it's been a month <laughs> of Sundays since you were in uh, the Sweet Sixteen. I'll tell you what, I don't watch this stuff if they're not good, and I haven't watched it in years now. But oh, wait, a St. Second. John's, or if the University of Albany gets in.
2: I remember the gym rat, Chris Mullins, who grew up nearby me, yep. right there in Flatbush. I grew up in Canarsie. Then there was a guy named uh, Berry, who was, like, buried in the paint. Ended up playing in Italy, but he was a great player. They, they had a great team. And Lou, the sweater, Carnesecca, yeah, and, and, I mean, St. John's was always in it. To win. What yep. happened? That, you know what it was? No. They got politically correct. <laughs> they changed their name from the Redmen to the Red Storm, and they have been a, a team of no well, they didn't make it to the—
1: Sweet sixteen as the Red Storm in the nineties. Yeah, I think it was ninety. Yeah, 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 You keep remembering. that. <laughs> okay, I was there. I was going to Saint but, John's. Look, time. That
2: was a school much larger than Saint Peter's. Oh yeah, with a bigger recruitment. They get to budget. play at the Garden. We were
1: talking about it in the break. Yeah, I so, don't... so what happened? I think they need a better coach. I think they need coaching. <laughs> Luke Carnesecca retired. They haven't been the same. Take him out of retirement. They had a good coach for a little while, Jarvis, who didn't last very long. He went somewhere else. But he was very good. He got them to the Sweet Sixteen, or maybe it was maybe they got knocked down. Yeah, Mullins coached for a little while. It's this is oh, just he a, did a
2: horrible job, Mullins.
1: Yeah, well, you know, sometimes great players don't make great coaches. So it's a because you're in the middle of the game, you're focused on one part of the game, not the whole game, which is why catchers make good baseball managers. So it's a it's a it's a real problem. Uh, out there in Queens right now, for us alumni, we are very disappointed in the basketball program at St. John's. Although
2: you uh, so proudly went to St. John's Law School, where everyone talked about Mario Cuomo. Yes, as having gone to St. John's, that's law right. That's why I went there, and now I see the results of that. <laughs> I
1: I, in between college and law school, I worked on Mario's losing 1994 uh, reelection campaign. But
2: you went there when you were a red man.
1: No, no, no. They became the Red Storm while I was there. Now,
2: that says everything. While I was there, yeah. That says everything. They made the switch while I was there. That says everything why you are who you are.
1: Well, you know, Stony Brook University used to be the Stony Brook Patriots, and then they became the Seawolves. So and they've done better as a seawolf. And then they of course Patriots.
2: uh they were pride, in the Patriot League.
1: Your pride and joy was when you went to Albany University. That's right. The great Danes. And they've never changed their names. <laughs> they've never changed their name. Well Great <laughs>
2: Danes, whatever happened, there used to be before there were pit bull terriers, Rottweilers, right. before there were these uh, we'll call them dogs uh, who could literally rip your head
1: off. Everybody wanted a Great Dane. Yeah, the Guardian breed. That's what they are, right? Where the, did they go? They're still out there. There's one in my neighborhood. The Doberman pinches. There's the a great, great Dane in my neighborhood named Rocky Balboa. When I walk my two golden retrievers, we see Rocky Balboa. They love playing with Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa, when he stands up, is taller than me. <laughs> so when he stands up on <laughs> two legs, so, he sometimes will jump up and put his paws on my shoulder. It's not fun. Now,
2: now you're putting some scratch on these games. Uh, Sweet sixteen, the g- final I, four. I,
1: I don't gamble. My, my the best I could do with gambling is tournament styled Texas hold'em because I know going in this is what it's going to cost me. So question here:
2: now that we I'm have, too cheap. Now that we have legal gambling on sports, all sports. Yep. Uh, so with the baseball season coming, the January Campbells are going to be betting on that. They're betting, obviously, this is the biggie. Sweet right. 16, the Final Four, billions
1: and billions of dollars. How soon before prostitution is legal? Well, you know, we should have a long conversation about why it's illegal to begin with. Because I think the illegality of prostitution leads to sex trafficking in this country and in this city particularly. I think that... There are some people that should have the right to do what they want with their body. But, but I'm a big believer in that. You don't
2: want marijuana dispensaries in your neighborhood. No, I do.
1: I, want, I think marijuana should be treated like alcohol. We should license alcohol and marijuana similarly. If you, so, don't, want, if you don't want them selling beer in your neighborhood, then great. They won't sell right, beer so or marijuana.
2: You go to your nearby 7-Eleven.
1: It should be liquor license, yeah.
2: All right. You can get your nickel and dime bag. Yeah. And your paraffin. Yeah,
1: because you know what? Uh, it's not a gateway drug if you sell it at seven eleven. It's a gateway to a you know a bag of Cheetos.
2: And next door <laughs> the brothel is there. So if all of a sudden you decide you you want to oh, I
1: mean look, I think you gotta have some sort of licensing about where you're gonna put a brothel.
2: Oh, oh but not next to the But I, but, I,
1: but I do think that we need to have a real conversation. We've got to stop with this Puritanism and we're gonna talk about this in the next hour when we talk about Katanji Brown Jackson's confirmation hearing. This this false Puritan nature of this country has been dragging us down. I've been leaning to bigger problems like sex trafficking. Now, hold on a second. People who are being forced into the sex trade.
2: I understand that, obviously, as a jurist, she might have to make decisions on that. But I think back to Saturday Night Fever and that song, More Than a Woman, (laughs) and I say, how could you become a United States Supreme Court justice when she can't even define who a woman is? stop.
1: It's a nonsense question. we're going to get into it. Very much a nonsense And also, Ted
2: Cruz uh, jumping in there saying... What if I declare myself to be an Asian man?
1: Well, okay. If that's who you are, Ted. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I know you'll pretend to be whatever you want to be to try to get elected president, but it ain't ever going to oh, happen.
2: St. Pete Go St. So Pete! Chris
1: Hyde courtesy. We'll be right back.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn, heavyweight slugfest.
1: All right. Hey, you know what? If you missed a second of Curtis and I today, go to leftvsrightshow.com and download the entire episode. Also, you can stream it right there, leftvsrightshow.com. Chris Holland Curtis Lee uh, with you. Oh, what is this? What is this song? This is Sublime? Oh, what, what, what wait, Sugar Ray, up? Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray Leonard? No, Sugar Ray the Band. What the hell is
2: this? <laughs> On this a day that one of the greatest drummers
1: and Taylor performers.
2: No, no, no. He passed to the year after. No, no. Much better than him. Who? Genesis, Phil Collins. Oh, it's his third performance. You know, whereas normally... when Today's
1: his final performance? Yeah,
2: apparently you reach your 70s, you go out on tour now. That yeah. depends. I
1: actually went and saw him at the Barclays Center, and I think the name of the tour was I'm Not Dead Yet. Right. No but joke. He's great. <laughs> he's good in concert, yeah. Genesis. His son was playing drums. Yeah, and a little factoid here.
2: Yeah. So I'm organizing Guardian Angels in Vancouver, British Columbia. Which That's is a beautiful a, place. God's country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of shit. going ch- to
1: Hawaii uh, over Christmas, and I'm like, why don't we... Fly to Vancouver and then go to Hawaii, oh, but it's winter. Gorgeous.
2: Yeah. Even more beautiful than San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I hear I hear great so, things
2: about it. Uh his daughter wanted to join the Guardian Angels mm. of Vancouver, British Columbia. He did not
1: stand in her way. You
2: know, most parents say, what? Well, it's
1: dangerous. You don't want to go out there. Well, he's like you. He's got a lot of kids with a lot of different women. (laughs) So he probably didn't even know.
2: So more reason for him to stay out on tour if he's got to keep paying alimony and child support. This
1: daughter was the daughter of the DA of Vancouver. (laughs) Just saying. No joke. But, I mean, think of this. Yeah. Phil Collins. Guys are very similar.
2: Will no longer perform. When so many band members and lead personnel of a group like Genesis, they, they, it's almost like they have a new life in their 70s well, and 80s. Well,
1: Curtis, he had a bad car accident or something. He got hit by a car, and he can't even really stand. So he actually, when he's performing, he's on a stool. Now, he sounds great. He has a great backup band with him, but uh, he, doesn't, he can't move around anymore.
2: All right, well, he's not going to be on the red carpet. No, he will not be. As he was originally for some of the scores, you know, when he was up for uh, nominations for an Academy Award. But a lot of the trendoids and freakazoids and jet setters (laughs) will be strolling uh, at the Academy Awards. And the big debate there, you didn't bring this up because even though you're not a big film goer, I know that you uh, went to see those Marvel DC comic book movies.
1: I've seen four movies since covid I saw Black Widow. I saw The Outsiders re-release because my daughter wanted to see that. And I loved it. And I saw Spider-Man. And I saw The Batman. And those are the four movies I've gone to. So three of the four movies I went to were comic book movies.
2: Well, three of the biggest directors, right? You have Ridley Scott. Yep. You have uh, Scorsese. Yep. And the guy who's really taking the lead on this, the former flying Dutchman uh, Coppola himself. Uh, have said these uh, these uh, these comic book who, who movies Who directed the outsiders, right? Right, these right. comic book uh, movies got to go. It's like it, it's a stain on the academy. Well, that's
1: kind of ridiculous because I think people want it; they like it. It actually gives you a reason to go to the theater to see it because you could see so many of these movies on your TV at home in the comfort of your own home, and and, and not have to deal with anything.
2: By the way, when s- you want to see it. Speaking of being degenerate gamblers, um, you can actually bet. On who it is that will <laughs> win place and show for the Academy Award. Lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, actress. All the categories. And the only
1: one I saw that was nominated is Will Smith. I thought he was great in that movie, King Richard. So I hope he wins. So it's the only one I saw. So he,
2: you've jinxed him. He's not Go winning get it.
1: Go get it, Smitty.
2: I all have right. a feeling it'll be Denzel Washington.
1: Maybe. Maybe. All right. We're coming right back with the About Face. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa.
0: the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn. Wow. Ah,
2: ah, oh, wow. Oh. Who's picking the music It's Phil Collins. You were just talking about him. I understand that, but that was in the last segment. <laughs> yeah, Dallas and a day late. We're past Genesis
1: and <laughs> Phil Collins. He just retired.
2: He's done. He just retired, but I have not retired, even though it was my birthday yesterday, 68, March twenty-six. two years
1: younger than him, by the way. Really? That's it. Two years. He's 70. You're 68. That is so interesting.
2: But meantime, I'm holding down the right, and uh, of course, it's Chris Hahn on the left. That's right. And Chris Hahn is interesting because uh, in the old great lady in the New York Times today, yep. back-to-back, belly-to-belly, front page, it has this huge spread above the fold, um, Vladimir Putin, an mm. enigma. And then in the sports section, which isn't that large any longer in the no. Times, it has a big uh, fold-out. Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, an enigma. <laughs> and certainly both Are you of them, saying
1: they're comparing Kyrie no, Irving to Putin? No,
2: but they are both enigmas right. because we think we know a lot about them, but we really don't. That is true. And uh, tonight, in addition to everything else that's happening sports-wise it bleeds over into politics, Kyrie Irving, who will be playing a home game for the Brooklyn Nets... That he has not been permitted to do because of the uh, vaccine mandate for workers in the private sector and any business uh, in New York City. Right. So tonight is the night that he's been given a reprieve.
1: Well, I think that brings us to the About Face of the Week.
0: It's the left versus the right. Right, left, right, left, right, left. About Face.
2: There I was, Chris Vahan, right outside of city Field, mm. awaiting the arrival of uh, all the big uh, players when it comes to Major League Baseball. There, there are no big players that play for the Mets, but go well, ahead. Not the players, because uh, they <laughs> oh. weren't there. Okay, got but it. But the the shot callers, uh, Randy Levine. The mockers. Who's the president of the New York Yankees. He was there. Uh, and the general manager, uh, Sandy. Uh, what was Sandy's last name mm. of the Mets? He was there. Uh, and they were uh, there because the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, was doing a uh, turnaround, a spin out, a pirouette like right. a, like a few that I've ever seen. Uh, last week, he's consistently been asked about basketball player Kyrie Irving of the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Right. Because there's a whole movement out there, let Kyrie play, let Kyrie play. <laughs> yep. Okay. And he's and going to
1: jump up on the table tonight with a Joe Rowe t-shirt on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's he's
2: attended home games. He watches the Nets play. But there was a uh, situation involving the provision early on when Eric Adams was not mayor. He inherited it from the previous mayor, Bill de Blasio, that said, if you are a visiting player or performer, You did not have to be vaccinated. Right. But if you were with the home team or you were with the Broadway contingent, right, Right. you could not perform unless you were absolutely vaccinated. So we went into this drama where Kyrie Irving could play uh, when going away. Couldn't play at home. But could not play at home. And so now, all of a sudden, Eric Adams decided, "Okay, I'm going to do away with the mandate. And everyone was under the assumption, wow, you're going to do away with the mandate because with Major League Baseball season opening up, a lot of the Yankees and Mets, uh, they were not vaccinated. Well, they play outside. It's different. But still, they'd have to be vaccinated. So everybody thought, "Okay, he's going to start with the players and then he's going to roll back the mandate for all the workers in the private sector because a lot of these office uh, buildings are still empty. And especially for all the civil servants, 1,500 that were fired because he would not get the They ain't never
1: getting the mandate overturned, the civil servants.
2: Well, when he made the announcement, uh, he couldn't be uh, more, uh, I'll say, like a, a groupie, a fan. Uh, in announcing the rollback <laughs> for the baseball teams, for the basketball teams, for the hockey teams, and for the performers on Broadway, he was all for tooks. I, I
1: Look, I think it's a tough thing to to do, and I think at this point in time, we're at a point where people know the risks, and I think it's up to the individual companies to determine what's in the best interest of their employees That's and their what patrons.
2: He he carved out an exemption, yeah, for millionaire ball players and it. billionaire owners. And
1: I think that you're right to criticize that because I think you probably should make the exemption universal. I'm not saying for city workers because he's the mayor of the city; he could determine what vaccine vaccine status you have to be a worker in this city. But I think for the general population of the city, it should be a choice. People know the risk now, right, and most so New Yorkers are vaccinated. Let's bifurcate
2: so. that. Let's bif- let's talk private sector first. So he's carved out this exemption for millionaire ball players and performers. Well, people on Broadway are not millionaires.
1: Most no. of them make like $400 a week. I understand. But right? the
2: point is, let's face it. Uh, this was done not for Broadway. This was done right. for. But it,
1: it, it affects Broadway, yes. too. Yes.
2: Uh, and billionaire owners. Yeah. So now all of a sudden you have the private sector. If you have a business with 100 or more employees, they must be vaccinated. Yep. Cannot work. They must be vaccinated. No rollback on that. Now, you know they're all going to court, and they're going to get a rollback. They're, probably, they're going to
1: get a rollback. Probably, but you know that sometimes when you're in government, you don't want to make an unpopular decision. You say, bring me to court. I understand, but
2: yeah. this makes
1: no sense. I, I Look, I think if you're going to roll it back for, the, for Major League Baseball and for the NBA and for Broadway and big shows coming in here, you should roll it back for all private sector businesses and make them right, make but the choice. Th-
2: he said a thousand times no. We're not doing it. We won the initial court case. Go ahead. Sue me. Yeah, easy for him to say it's not his money. It's the taxpayer dollars. Right. We have to defend
1: this. Well, you could also make the argument that the NBA and Major League Baseball, they have additional protocols in place for people who are unvaccinated. They have to do testing. They have to do other things. So you could make the argument that if other businesses use the same protocols as sports do, then you know, that could be acceptable well, as well.
2: Let me tell you uh, how fake this has been. Kyrie Irving. Has practiced with the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, in Sunset Park, at an arena that was specifically built by the billionaire Chinese owner for them. It was actually the a practicing. Russian owner. No, no. It used to be. Right. He ran against Putin and right. lost. He and sold he's, out. He's gone now. He was told, <laughs> oligarch, sell your share. It's a Chinese guy from right. the mainland China. now. So he builds them a brand-new practice arena. I mean, other teams would say, wow, that's a practice arena. It sure looks like a damn good arena a to nice me. nice arena. So he's practicing with them in violation of the ban of people going to work who don't have the vaccine. So it already was broken. But here it is. Eric Adams decided to carve out this exemption. And, boy, has he gotten grief. He said— I have not been lobbied on this decision. This decision is mine and mine only. Right away I said, well, why are you doing this at City Field? City Field. You're not doing it at Yankee Stadium. You're not doing it at Madison Square Garden, Barclays Center. You're not doing it at City Hall, which would have made the most sense. Right. He's doing it at City Field because the owner, Stephen Cohen, who should be in jail for insider trading information. Well, we don't know that. Look. Pete had him on the ropes. He should be
1: on, in jail for owning the Mets, but other than that, I, <laughs> I agree. I have I no try. problem with him other than he owns the Mets. But
2: Stephen Cohen right. was the biggest Medici, the biggest donor to Eric Adams during his run for mayor. More so for the Democratic primary because he barely won the ranked choice voting. Right. Stephen Cohen gave $1.5 million to a PAC. Now, I know there had to be a phone discussion because— We don't know for sure. It didn't have to be Stephen Cohen. It could have been one of his many lobbyists. It it doesn't
1: matter, right? This is a very public decision. We
2: know that there are probably about seven Mets who have refused to get vaccines, and we're not going to get a vaccine even before opening day. So, you know, Stephen Cohen's saying, I've invested millions in this team. You know, we have the potential of winning the World Series. Eric gave you one and a half million. I haven't asked for anything. I return. don't think that ever happened. Oh, really?
1: You think he called well, up and said, hey, I gave you a million and a half dollars? You think those words him, left this house?
2: His lobbyist. Uh. Because we now find out that the former speaker of the city council, Corey Johnson, who lost his run to become city controller in a Democratic primary, did call up Eric Adams and lobby him on behalf of who? The Brooklyn Nets. And the red Chinese owner, who is a billionaire extraordinaire, mm. yet he lied about that. He said, "I didn't take. I. I was. This is my choice. My choice." So it's funny. He looks like he's a, a sanctimonious... red Chinese
1: owner, but he's a billionaire. It doesn't make you can't really call him red if there's billionaires there. <laughs> I'm just.
2: Saying. Right, by the way, since it's Academy Award, What, wasn't that a great uh, appearance by <laughs> Warren Beatty and Reds? Remember when he was uh, that fired up American who wanted to go there I and wanted to help Vladimir Lenin and it. the Bolsheviks? I didn't see Reds. Not Shampoo. That was a bad movie. Shampoo, I've seen. I Reds, didn't see Reds. Reds was actually a very good movie. All right, I anyway, I digress. I yeah. digress. So
1: you're, then, you're digressing from your conspiracy theory about the mayor of the
2: city. Well, of New York. I know that happened. How we, do you know? We know Corey Johnson lobbied on his behalf, uh, on the uh, Nets owner's behalf. That That's done. And he gets paid a fee to be a lobbyist now. But the worst problem was the civil servants. A thousand five hundred of them, cops, firefighters, uh, sanitation yep. men and women, and most importantly, health care workers, many of whom, when the lockdown and pandemic came in uh, March of 2020, threw all caution to the wind, showed up for work every day. Many yeah. of them died as a result of getting COVID. Many of them got seriously ill and, or, and brought And COVID they wish back. they would
1: have had the vaccine, those not people only who died the, and were right. seriously ill. Oh. But
2: they had no masks. Right. I know. They weren't provided the garb. They showed up for work. Some of them chose not to get the vaccine. For a while, they were being tested once a week, the cops, the 500 sanitation people, and the health care workers. It was working out fine. Then Bill de Blasio, then the mayor said, no, that's going to end. You either get the vaccine or you get fired. So naturally, there were court challenges, court delays. Some of them were put up on the shelf. But 1,500 were fired, which meant, Chris, that they could not seek any other work in that time. And yep. they, they, they don't qualify for unemployment. Yep. They've lost everything. And well, many if you of them get a shot, not- it's free. Yeah, but the point is they chose not they, to. Well, then
1: they can't work for the city. So why is like, it? Like they, there was plenty of time. Wow. They had plenty of time to get the shot. Plenty of time. So let me ask you a question. Kyrie
2: Irving, millionaire ball player. Right. Aaron Judge, millionaire ball player from the Yankees. We know he didn't get the vaccine. Aaron Judge
1: didn't get the vaccine?
2: No. It's clear. I'm glad I didn't, glad it didn't pick him in my fantasy league.
1: The point is.
2: Right. We cut out an exemption for them, but not the heroes
1: Of the lockdown and pandemic. Now we turn them into heroes. Like I said, the private sector should be able to make a choice based on risk that they want to take at this point. But the city should also be able to make a choice based on risk they want to accept at this point. And this is the choice the city has made. They work for the city. The mayor is the head of the city. They're going to listen to the mayor. Just like Steve Cohen's the head of the Mets, he's going to take an acceptable risk that he wants to take no, with his except, employees.
2: Except, you know, the Major League Baseball's players' union is very, very strong. And oftentimes they have caused owners'
1: decisions to right. be amended. I got it. But that's all, that's all part of that private sector decision-making process and has nothing to do with the so city you, of New York. We all know, like, the, the risk of getting COVID – we all know the statistics now. If you get Almost vaccinated, nil. if you get vaccinated and boosted, the chance of you getting hospitalized with COVID is it rounds to less than 0. If you're if you're unvaccinated and you get COVID, you could get so you could you what is, up what in is, the hospital. What is the or point, you could die.
2: What is the point of leaving these people out uh facing bankruptcy, complete annihilation? Where's the empathy? I think the city Where's this The
1: city has the right to make a decision on what they want their employees to do.
2: It's personal. You realize they, this You know
1: is, when you go to school you have to have certain vaccine vaccines, or you can't go to school. So this is just another government operation, and you need to have certain protections for your coworkers and yourself. Otherwise, you're not welcome. And this was based completely. 97 percent of city workers complied. with
2: So that. this was based completely on the science, completely on the principle. You, you
1: have a you have you, you you know. Look, the way to get people vaccinated is to create mandates on well, the Let vaccine. me ask you this question.
2: And this was a question yep. that. John McCain answered, and Bush 43 answered in their primary debate in South Carolina. Bush 43 lied. John McCain told the truth. The question came from a reporter. If one of your contributors called you on the phone, whose phone call would you take first, a normal constituent or one of your big contributors? Bush 43 said, well, of course, I would take whichever call came in first. John McCain turned to him and said, come on, you're lying. You know, you and I, we would take the big contributor call first. Right, right. Are you telling me that if one of these fired uh, uh, or laid off uh, civil servants through their unions were calling in to the mayor and Stephen Cohn, who gave him one and a half million dollars, was calling the mayor? Whose phone call is he taking? Well, if
1: the union was calling the mayor, he might want to take the union's call. Man, you are dancing here. You know he's taking Stephen. He Cohen's might be phone taking though. Stephen, but you know what? You can't ignore the union calling you. You might be able to ignore, avoid the individual person who was fired calling you, but you can't. You can't avoid the head of the union calling
2: you. Anyway, uh, I'd like to take some phone calls on this. I, I mean, this is a raw issue for a lot of people. Yeah. you Mind if I
1: give the numbers out? No, no. I, mean, I thought we weren't doing phone calls oh, okay, anymore. Right. We got <laughs> other things to do. I don't want to. I don't want to hear people yelling and See, screaming here. Say, no, I want you but, to and, hear and, some civil service. And remember, we're syndicated now. We're not just talking about New York on this. But show. So, we're getting a lot nation. of guys from Queens I'll going. give you an
2: example. We are the only big city now that has uh, the mandate for vaccines on the private sector. The only big city.
1: I don't know how long that's going to last, like I said. Right, it's
2: time to overturn that.
1: I think it's time for everybody to be vaccinated. But again, I think everybody knows the risk now, so it should be up to the individuals. Oh, by
2: the way, up next, your favorite topic, the United States Supreme Court. That's right. Justice Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny, who loves to tweet. <laughs> Queuing on Ginny. And now the husband is
1: responsible for the wife does? I don't blame him for her. I can't. But still. Well, Stick you, around. You'll give us your, your more
2: take. to come.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's Heavyweight King Curtis Lewa in the left corner. Christopher Hahn.
1: A little Pearl Jam coming at you. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa. If you missed the second of this show, go to left right and download the podcast. You can also stream it right there. Stream it right there. It's left versus right verse VS, that is right show dot com question because um,
2: I don't know about your specific domestic situation uh, of how you differ or agree with your wife on political issues.
1: I would hope that nobody holds my right my wife responsible for anything I say, but I'm sure they do Good.
2: and uh, <laughs> my wife Nancy a big uh, Bernie burn bernie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she loved Bernie Sanders. Well, she was
1: of the age of his average supporters. They were all teenagers. Although,
2: when he lost to
1: Hillary, she voted for Donald Trump. Uh, uh, Nancy, if you want to come up to Vermont, (laughs) we have some excellent ice cream up here. I think that you would really enjoy it. Bring the cats. Oh, she loved Bernie Sanders. Nancy? She still does. uh, I know you like older men. I'm a little bit older than Curtis, but... But
2: let's look at... uh, (laughs) But I'm in very good shape, uh, and I, uh... Sorry. Let's look at Justice. I have a form for the <laughs> Let's look at Justice uh, Clarence Thomas. And Thomas's my wife would be called it. domestic situation.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now no, let's start with, you know, he was in the hospital last week. Right. And nobody knew why. Now, I was praying all week. And not for his death, because I would never pray for somebody. I was praying that he realized that life is short and he wanted to go spend some more time with his wife. And at the same time, the story breaks about his wife's. Ridiculously crazy tweets around January 6th, not tweets, text messages to Mark Meadows, urging him to continue the fight. And in one of those texts, she basically says, and I just had this conversation with my best friend, who she means, Clarence Thomas, because they've always referred to themselves, each other as their best friends, which I think is cute. But the tweets were. I don't even know how I'm trying to look for the word because it's bat something that I'm not allowed to say here on the air. But they were that crazy, including one tweet where she says, this is, remember, this is the wife of a Supreme Court justice talking to the chief of staff, to the president of the United States, saying, don't give in to the elites. What is that supposed? Who is more elite than Supreme Court justices and chief of staffs to the president of the United States? It's ridiculous.
2: All right. Well, these... um... Uh, these tweets are public. They're text, text And the I committee, uh, the January 6th committee is talking about wanting to actually just, bring
1: her before yeah, the
2: committee. I and don't
1: think that'll ever happen,
2: no. But <laughs> this goes on in marriages all the time. I mean, all the time right. where one or another of the partners in the marriage have a total difference. Recently, Buttigieg, Buttigieg's, uh partner, domestic partner. Chastain. Uh, sent out a series of fiery tweets yeah. that obviously would not have been appropriate for the Secretary of right, Transportation. Right, right but i'm not
1: holding budiche responsible. For well, look again i don't hope i hope nobody ever holds my wife responsible for things i've said on the air here <laughs> yeah, especially the, especially when i'm doing a bernie sanders character they or do. bill clinton asking your 19 year old wife to come help me feed my cats. They, do. they do. know, I don't they, think, they, they i their hope head. to
2: god they're That's not. That's why holding. when they say oh mrs han no i don't know what you're no, talking no, about.
1: No 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 he's not that guy. But well,
2: where do you draw the line?
1: I i mean it is interesting though that she's trying to influence something to be sent to the Supreme Court. She's encouraging Mark Meadows to use the justice system to get to her husband. Do we and it is also interesting that a lot of these votes on, you know, the presidential privilege that has gone to the Supreme Court have been eight one, with Clarence Thomas being the one dissent. Yeah. So, I, I think he's compromised. I'm going to call him Compromise Clarence from, right, from Compromise now on. Compromise
2: Clarence. Compromise. Com- we, Compromise Clarence. We have found out on that day of January 6th, everybody was uh, texting
1: and tweeting. Yeah, she was kind right of crazy. At Mark Meadows. Right? Well, we're going to talk about the next Supreme Court justice. Coming up, Ketanji Brown-Jackson's hearing was a clown show by the Republicans. But is she a woman? She is a woman. More than a woman. She is a woman, a woman of color, who's going to be a great Supreme Court justice. We'll be right back.
0: It's the left versus the right. Debate. Heavyweight Slugfest.
1: All right. We are back. Chris Hahn, Curtis Slewa with you for... Ah, about another half an hour or so. What is this? Uh, what is this song here? Working for the weekend. No. Working. What is it? Living at af- Judas Priest. Living after
2: midnight. What, you're playing satanic music here. <laughs> what gives what this Judas Priest? Look Judas Priest.
1: I thought they were a Catholic band. No no, 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 they're not a Catholic no, band. They no, no. Were, uh, no. no I, Let's I, back
2: scratch. Let's play these it's verses what, backwards. It's
1: amazing what what passed for satanic music. And in you the will 80s. hear
2: Luther. <laughs> you will hear Luther speaking directly to the audience if you back scratch. It. I don't know. You know, like that. stay away to yeah. heaven. Yeah. Who
1: does that though? Who's who tar- heard There've been cases about that. Uh, it's ridiculous. Texas. That's... You know, it, it's almost as ridiculous as the clown show that was put on in the United States Senate this week when Republican senators decided to be culture warriors to try to get on Fox News and get attention in right-wing media while questioning an eminently qualified black woman who wants to be on the Supreme Court.
2: Now, now hold on. How do we know she's a
1: woman? I, again, like, these culture war issues are beneath the discussion. And, and here's the thing. The Democratic Party needs to take advantage of this in the midterm elections. And I have said this before, and I'll say it again. I do not believe the Democrats will hold the House, but I do think they can hold the Senate. And it's... Performances like Ted Cruz and Indiana Senator Mike Braun and John Cornyn, the number three ranking Republican in the United States Senate who questioned gay marriage. Mike Braun questioned interracial marriage. Uh, it is ridiculous.
2: Well, let's let's bifurcate and deal with all of these. But, know, but the one issue that superseded all other issues was the gender of
1: the nominee of the president of the United States. I don't believe that was the issue that superseded all the others. I think right-wing media took off on it because they love this battle. Well, for
2: instance, this gender battle.
1: They're so afraid. See, old white guys are afraid of anything that's not an old white guy. They are afraid of anything that's changing. I get it. I'm becoming Excuse a white me. guy. And the I'm...
2: last time I, I listened to Ted Cruz, he was trying to be Asian, but he's an Hispanic. He's not a white guy.
1: And Ted Cruz is always trying to be something. He's not. And he's <laughs> what well, he's really trying but to be is president, and that'll
2: never happen. You're an attorney. I am. You have Esquire at the end of your I name. Do. Although anybody could be nominated to be a U.S. Supreme Court that's Justice. Right. You don't have to be a lawyer. Right. But assuming it was you, Joe right. Biden uh, knew you uh, through... Um, uh, Chuck Schumer, who you worked for. Chuck has a lot of influence. Right. Uh, he's gotten a lot of uh, U.S. Uh, judges uh, appointed. Of u- course. Federal judges. Of so course. Let's just say you were the nominee. And uh, somebody questioned you, one of the Republican senators, uh, Chris Hahn. Yeah. Uh, Look, can you tell me what a man is?
1: I'd whip it out right there on the stage. No, no you would. Yeah, I'd take it <laughs> off. i go, here, here you go. I'm all mad. <laughs> ah! I mean, if but, you're if you're built like I am, you're you want to show it. You would be able to be like, to, hey, here you go.
2: You would be able to explain that, right? You know, I I would reject well, well, the pre- I
1: would reject the premise of the question, which is kind of what she did. Because what is the point of that question, Marsha Blackburn? Some Marsha Blackburn has the you know mental capacity of you know a, 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 of of a mouse. Well, how
2: about let's listen to Marsha Blackburn ask her the question as to whether yep. the nominee. Uh, Judge uh, Jackson, could give the definition of a woman?
0: Uh, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist.
1: So let's ask what the purpose of that question is. And by the way, Marsha Blackburn, she does sound like somebody – Who's asked to see the manager, right? And said, bless your heart to a server, right? That's, that's her. That's who she, she is, right? That's who Marsha Black. is. She is
2: not the nominee.
1: Right. So, you know, you're asking the nominee. Your questions about a nominee are supposed to be about their experience, about cases they ruled on. It is not supposed to be a biology question. Well, it, that is not a question. And by the way, what is a woman is a question that may come before the Supreme Court at some
2: point. Oh, so she's not supposed She's to not
1: supposed to it. comment on it.
2: You would think basic common sense would indicate that this is not a question you have that to that run from. that that
1: question is a fluid question to a lot of people today. And I think what Marsha Blackburn wanted to do was start a fight about the four or five well remember, uh, transgender people who they, are competing in the NCAA. Right, but there and are, it's like the worst problem in the world. I'm sure Greg Kelly spent all week talking about no, it. But remember, it's like, the, the come on. There is uh, a certain
2: group of Democrats, very liberal, very progressive, very woke, who have determined that as a man, anatomically, I'm a man. But if I identify as a woman, in their minds, I'm a woman. Even though anatomically, nothing has
1: been done to correct that. You could identify with whatever you want to identify with. So, you know, like if you wanted to become, if you wanted me to call you Mrs. Slewa, I'd start calling you Mrs. Sliwa. I have no problem
2: with that. How ridiculous is that?
1: No, it's not. It's, why do I, why do I get a vote? On what you are. Why does anybody get a vote on what well, you are? Well, now, let's, now, we can have a conversation. You want to have a broader conversation if you should be competing in women's college sports? Maybe we can have a broader co- well, conversation. Well, well, but the question, what is a woman, well, let's, is a stupid question well, by a stupid
2: senator. Well, let's find out because uh, here it is. Ted Cruz followed yes. up on Blackburn's question to uh, the nominee, yeah. Judge Jackson.
0: You told her that, that you couldn't define what a woman is, uh, that you are not a biologist, which, which I think you're the, the only Supreme Court nominee in history who's been unable to answer the question, what is a woman? Let me ask you as a judge, how would you determine if a plaintiff had Article Three standing uh, to challenge a gender-based rule, regulation, policy uh, without being able to determine what a woman was? So, Senator, I know that I'm a woman. I know that um, Senator Blackburn is a woman, and the woman who I um, admire most in the world is in the room today—my mother. Um, it sounded as though. Well, but the but question the, but, but, was. But let me ask: un- under the modern leftist sensibilities, if if so, I, I decide right now that, that I'm is alone, a long it's
1: a long clip. Um, I would say she's the first Supreme Court justice nominee in the history of the country to be asked the question, "What is a woman?"
2: Well, it's uh, bizarre that we even have to ask ask that question. It's bizarre because to of the all, it's
1: bizarre to people who don't want to acknowledge that there are people in this world who do not identify with the sex they were assigned at birth.
2: Fine, then go through the measures to anatomically change your condition, which is available. but then again,
1: then we still have to have a conversation. Then, what is a woman? So, let's say you go through those steps. And now you're a woman. Are you fully a woman or are you not? This is a question that is not something you could have a simple conversation. It's not a simple yes or no answer. I know the right wants it to be a simple yes or no answer because their, their followers are deathly afraid of this right? The people in the right on this country are definitely afraid of any change. They're definitely afraid of anybody competing you, with them, which is why they want to hold down do really, African-Americans. They do, want to hold do down Democrats, Latinos. They don't want people coming across the border who want to work harder than them. They don't want that. They don't want to any competition. They, don't believe, they call themselves capitalists. They don't believe in
2: competition. fly apply to any of that. You don't really want to die on this uh, hill uh, over what is a man and what is a woman. This becomes an issue in the Again, midterm elections. I, a you lose. No, no. It, with America, I, I you if, lose.
1: I think if we have a midterm election that is based on social issues like interracial marriage, which is something conservatives this week during these hearings couldn't say they support it. Well, let me hear Let, let me play let number
0: me. four for me. So you would be okay with the Supreme court leaving the question of interracial marriage to the States?
2: Yes. I think that that's something that uh, if you're not wanting the Supreme court to weigh in on issues like that, uh, you're not going to be able to have your cake and eat it, too. I think that's hypocritical.
1: Well, there you go. He wants to leave interracial marriage to the states. I
2: have to recuse myself on this issue.
1: Well, you don't know? You've never read Loving v. Virginia?
2: No. My first wife was black. Right. So I have to well, recuse wouldn't you be, myself. Wouldn't you be
1: upset? I,
2: I'm a bit biased They're
1: basically this. saying you couldn't have that marriage.
2: No, I understand. They're according saying to some that states, your love...
1: Right? would be illegal.
2: Well, I wouldn't go so far with the love bit because the marriage ended so up much... being loveless like so many marriages do. Let me ask you a question.
1: If yeah. they got rid of interracial marriage, would you then not have to pay alimony? <laughs> I never, they, no. It might work out no. for uh,
2: my uh, first, uh, My first wife, just to set the record straight, because most people don't know this, uh, was uh, Corinne Drayton. We were young, right out of high school. Uh, she found Jacoby, I found Myers. We had no assets <laughs> after a year, and we went in no, a separate direction. You
1: couldn't just get an annulment. The, the church I, know, I the don't same. believe yeah. in the
2: annulment. No. That's ridiculous. That. Yeah, like Kennedy, right? Like Kennedy. It up never back. happened. 18 years. Didn't your Gumbara
1: get an annulment from his cousin? Uh, don't you remember Martin Luther uh, <laughs> stamping those indulgences Pretty on the sure door and starting the revolution? But, you know, like, like that is a senator. That is Senator Braun of Indiana okay, saying, let's leave interracial marriage to the states. Are you freaking kidding me? Do you want to have that conversation in America? 95% of Americans support interracial marriage, and the 5% that don't are wearing white hoods. By the way,
2: he later on
1: <laughs> he, yeah. oh, that Oh, question. yeah, he backtracked. He backtracked, yeah. but he was pretty clear in that interview well, that's what him, he felt. Okay, well, let's talk about John Cornyn, who is the number two member of the United States Senate who's on the Judiciary Qu- Committee questioning gay marriage. Play number five for me.
0: Doesn't that necessarily create a conflict between what people may believe is a matter of their religious doctrine or faith and what the federal government says is the law of the land? Well, Senator, that is the nature of a
1: right. Right. He's basically saying, well, I believe religiously that marriage is between a man and a woman, so shouldn't America believe that? Let's impose my religious beliefs on am just like they do in the Taliban, where they impose their religious beliefs on everybody in the country.
2: Chris, I and I have to recuse myself uh, <laughs> on this subject, although I have not engaged in uh, marrying a gay man. No. But I did oversee the first Gay marriage in New York City. The first
1: gay marriage in New York City. Yes,
2: actually. You should. were the
1: officiant. Yes.
2: You go to Were a, they York, two your, guardian angels? No, no. You go to your favorite uh, research vehicle, the Huffington Post. <laughs> one of the
1: former cast... No, I, I use Rich on the other side of the glass for all my research. He has the best sources in the city. Well, you'll check his Good plug, good plug. <laughs> but one of the former
2: members of the Sopranos, not the A team of the Sopranos, B team, Oh. Had worked for me in McDonald's in the Bronx oh, wow. when I first started the Guardian Angels.
1: I'm starving. By
2: it the way. turned out he white guy, Italian guy from the Bronx. He was gay. I, I had no idea about this. But another one of my closers was a guy named Ralphie, very effeminate, uh, but one of the best workers I ever had at McDonald's. I didn't permit any homophobic language towards the staff because, man, you know this is, uh, this is the streets. Guys, Mario, and this is like 1978, right? right? It's 76, Going back to '76, yeah, yeah. so. Uh, Ralphie comes up to me, and he goes, Curtis, and he's shaking because he's gone, no, this guy, he's a tough guy. There's no way. And Don Chin, who was a fellow manager of mine, said, no, no, go ask Curtis. He's good with the words. Would you please marry us? (laughs) I said, well, who are you getting married to, Ralphie? Well, my boyfriend. And he he talked about it. And I said, well, where is the ceremony going to take place? He said, we'd like to do it in the uh, community room in the Soundview projects that uh, he lives in and invite our family and friends. I said, just let me know the date. I'll be there. I'll do it. It may well have been the first gay marriage. And this is at a time, remember? What year
1: was this? Se-
2: 76. So it
1: wasn't a legal
2: gay marriage. It just was a... No, no. I, but it was no the such ceremony, thing at that Right, yeah. No such thing. In fact, remember, even gays were being told... Domestic partnership. Don't push the envelope, right? Because if you, you know, Defense of the Marriage Act, Clinton, uh, Schumer right. at that right. time, your your boy, they were opposed to getting married. I know they found found the light. Then I, I laugh every time I heard that. I love this. I,
1: do these people realize I was like, "quote the minister"? Well, I will say right now, if this is the language, the Republicans see what people don't get. If Republicans just stick to a, you know, economic message, make it a referendum on Joe Biden. They're going to win everything. You have guys like Cornyn and Braun talking like that. They ain't winning the Senate. okay? Because they're going to make it a choice between these backwards Taliban type. Look, I do not differentiate between John Cornyn and the Taliban pushing his religious beliefs. On all Americans, okay, now, I don't think so much it at all. Hypothetically, we're
2: a few months away from the midterm yes. elections in yeah, November. Hypothetically, if gasoline is eight <laughs> dollars, it doesn't matter what they. <laughs>
1: you could be whatever he wants.
2: It, it, it's just hypothetical.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be eight dollars. But something, if it
2: is, something more goes bad. Saudi Arabia gets bombed, you know, right. With, right. with depleted oil supply.
1: Aliens and it's $8 come in from uh, Mars. Uh,
2: and then all of a sudden, it's a heated uh, Senate race and the issue of uh, gay marriage or interracial. Marriage comes up compared to it being eight dollars a gallon, which I, will well, supersede.
1: I, I would say it's bad, but it could get worse. You could have John <laughs> Cornyn, and you wouldn't allow interracial marriage. And... As your
2: guy Bill Clinton <laughs> said, it's the economy.
1: It's always the economy. it's the economy. Yeah. yeah, but again, when you're talking about the U.S. Senate, and I truly believe, yes, and I truly believe that that what they're saying here is dog whistle to the QAnon base that they need to come out in the midterm election to win some races. But I truly believe that the Supreme Court this term is going to overrule, overturn Roe v. Wade. And you combine that with Cornyn talking about overruling the gay marriage decision. You talk that about Braun overruling Loving v. Virginia, the seminal case that gave us interracial marriage in America. That is, to me, that's some scary stuff that if utilized properly, and again, Democrats got to utilize properly and I don't feel like they're even taking shots at these guys right now. I think I'm the only one in America taking a shot at these guys right now, thinking about this. Um, Well, because it's not part of the national discourse. It needs to be part of the national discourse because what happens is the conservative media sets the tone of the national discourse, which is why we're taught, we started out. But I
2: I would say, out of those three subjects, and having experienced two of them, uh, my first wife was black, so I had an interracial marriage. I did marry a gay couple in 1976, right? Uh, when that was basically illegal, you know, you, you, it's another law broken by Curtis <laughs> <Exactly. they will. laughs> Although I didn't go to jail for no. that one, but the abortion issue now that could be the lightning rod, huge uh, because the predominant number of voters are women. Uh, it is an emotional issue. Yep. It will drive people to the ballot box, absolutely. So if Roe v. Wade is overturned and then it's left to individual states uh, to make decisions then the Democrats will definitely have a wedge issue
1: there. Huge issue. It's a huge issue. They Look, again, don't underestimate the Democrats' ability to screw up the messaging on that, to look for the silver lining in whatever decision the Supreme Court has. I'm worried about that. Uh, Just as I'm worried that why are you not attacking Cornyn and Braun this week? I haven't heard anything from any National Democrat about Cornyn and Braun. They made these huge, horrible statements that if a Democrat had made a similar statement on an issue that was 95% popular in this country, Republicans would have killed us on it. They would have killed us. It would have been the lead story on Hannity every night. Greg Kelly would have spent two hours talking about it. You'd be talking about it on overnights. It would be all over the place, uh, and we don't do that.
2: I think some of the Democrats uh, have a problem with the squad and those who affiliate with the squad, the Democrat Socialists of America, because they haven't been hard on Putin. And they haven't
1: been praiseworthy of Zelensky. No, I don't think that's it. I think they're just not. They're living in like the 1990s and they want to let the pitch go by on the social issue. And they shouldn't because these are social issues that Americans agree on. They agree. In interracial marriage, ninety-five percent. Absolutely. Gay marriage, seventy-five. And that crosses party lines. Uh, by the way, that means Republicans, Democrats, Independents are all supporting When
2: us. I had my first marriage an interracial marriage. Those were not the figures. No, no, they weren't. Uh, nobody in the neighborhood I lived in, Brownsville, which was predominantly right. black, agreed, and nobody in the neighborhood I came from, which
1: was, it was predominantly it, it, Italian it, it and was, Jewish, it agreed. It was not the. It was not the issue, and, and that's why I had to move to, to the Bronx. To, to, right in the Bronx, I couldn't you. even
2: go home. I couldn't even visit my mother. <laughs> it was Nazi. Like,
1: It was like West Side story. No, it was worse. It was Queens story. It was worse. I don't know what side Queens is. East side story. (laughs) Way east side story.
2: (laughs) Well, when we come back, we got to wrap this up so much going on in just a few hours. Know, we geez. got St. Peter's that I hope loses their yep. Cinderella story because they're Black Lives Matter yep. folks. Uh, Academy Awards. Yep. We'll see if Zelensky makes a cameo appearance on the Zoom. I,
1: I hope he does. I won't be watching, though. And then Kyrie
2: Irving, who's going to go, hip hip hooray, I can play. And the rest of you little people, you have a mandate on you. <laughs> Stick around.
0: it's the left versus the right it's the left versus the right in the right corner it's heavyweight King Curtis lewa in the left corner Christopher Hahn
1: all right this is the village people.
2: You know, Donald Trump recently talked about the Village People. It's one of his favorite songs.
1: Hey, look. YMCA. There you go.
2: (laughs) I mean, remember. uh, He thought it was about working out. Yankee Stadium. Uh, The infield crew comes out. Uh, And they play YMCA, and they do all the letters. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's insane. insane. Most people never knew this was a gay song.
1: Nobody, most people never knew that they were basically a gay club act that went national with the big song.
2: Yep, yep, but... But uh, I I need to return to what we generally start our programs uh, uh, here at WABC, which is our mothership station for our other affiliated stations that we broadcast. Yes. Generally, the first question I ask you is, did you find parking space in
1: the street? I did. I could see my car from here. You see, see
2: that is the litmus test for me of the return (laughs) of the city. And that flies in the face of some really bad news. Survey after survey has said that New York City and San Francisco have had the most flight of residents who have just picked up and left, and they're not coming back. And Manhattan being the absolute worst, uh, 40 percent of the people are now saying they want to leave, 46 percent in the outer boroughs. uh, And uh, that is only going to get worse because our mayor, Eric Adams, today is being quoted. This is not a good quote on his part. I don't know why he would say this. He rips New York City's dysfunctionality as crime, homel- homelessness surge. He says we're a laughingstock. Well, I think he's, he's the mayor.
1: He's trying to influence the state budget process where they're trying to reform the bail reform law. So I think you know maybe that's what he's trying to do there. But it it doesn't play well because remember, it's not a good thing to say, but it is what he said. And <laughs>
2: there are other cities around the country that are having similar problems. The exodus. And the cities that are gaining in population and places you didn't think people would go. Phoenix,
1: I mean, in the summer, it's like 125 would never, degrees would never. in the shade. But by the way, you know, the crime statistics are worse in these red states. Uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Republican mayor violent crime is up 200%. I understand, but based, based on what
2: was it originally. I, but
1: it's still up 200%. I mean, right? where would you it's rather down live? down here. Where would New you York. rather live when I'd it comes live to in, crime? Chicago? I'd rather live in New York.
2: a uh, Chicago or uh, I, look, Jacksonville?
1: I'd rather live in New York. Than Jacksonville. But I, Sorry. I will tell you. I think crime is lower here. Percentage wise, in New York. And you're safer in New York. The fact that on and a, you got better food.
2: a Sunday afternoon, you do not have to go to a parking garage, which used to be the norm. I haven't
1: had to go to a parking garage since
2: December. Means that New York City has not returned yet. It's, it's got a long back. way to go.
1: Look, they've been counted out before. This city has been counted out before. It'll be counted out now. Don't ever. Bet against New York City. It will be back. Well, I'm betting against St. Peter's in just a few hours <laughs> well, against North you're Carolina. You're the only person in the Northeast betting against Wait, them.
2: What I saw at the end of their game uh, versus Purdue in the in the midst of victory, the triumph of victory, they took off their, their playing jerseys and showed Black Lives <laughs> Matter jerseys. Because they're
1: Superman no. uh, trying to fight for justice and equality in America. God bless St. Peter's. That
2: is so played out.